rest is alcohol with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vores. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is Alcohol, our brand new podcast all about the area of alcohol, alcoholism, if you've dealt with dependency in the past, but also we're welcoming guests from breweries, from charities, experts from all corners of the alcohol landscape. We're delighted to have you with us once again. I am Lyle Fulton, and I'm joined by my co-host, the always brilliant Jackie Vores. Jackie, how are you this fine Wednesday morning? We're, we're almost afternoon now, but how are you doing? How's your week been? Are you looking forward to this episode? I'm looking forward to finishing this episode because I'll be one hour closer to my fasting window. <laughs> we spoke before we went live and obviously like different people have different situations going on when it comes to their sort of dietary routine and things like that. But yeah, why not? Before we start this episode, proper i mean like you know if you're happy to you sort of open the window open the door on what it is that you're embarking on what you what your story is currently when it comes to to your dietary plan well the interesting thing that i found when i stopped drinking and i was drinking a lot of calories by the way a lot of calories i thought that the weight would drop off me when i stopped drinking but no 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 it turned out that my addiction was not to alcohol it was to sugar and also i'm a glutton so, you know, I'm a complete couchon when it comes to anything that I like. I will have three of them. It doesn't matter whether it's drinks. It doesn't matter whether it's food. It doesn't matter whether it's clothes, whether it's scarves, whether it's jewellery. I want all of it. I don't want just one bit of it. So the best thing for me is to limit myself. I have tried every diet known to man, but fasting seems to really work for me on so many different levels. It gives me more energy. It helps my fibromyalgia. And it it limits my window of opportunity to gorge. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I do the 16-8 fast. I've done it before. It worked brilliantly for me before. I don't know why I stopped, to be honest. I think it was just Christmas. And at Christmas, everything happens at different times. And, yeah. you know, you're going out a lot and, you know, you're you're going for lunches and you know typically I can avoid lunch and just um you know just sort of march through so yeah so I'm back fasting which is a bit challenging just in the last few hours sure so 16 to 8 means that you I'm just trying to think so it's divided by the sense that you your 16 hours are from 9 p.m the night before to 1 p.m. If you after. stop eating at 9 p.m. And the, the nice thing about fasting and, and working out your intermittent hours is that you do it according to the way you like to live. So I like to break bread with the people around me. So I'd rather eat dinner than lunch. Sure. And James likes to eat his dinner late. So I have to move my kind of first eating window up a bit. So I actually fast from 10 till 2. So I like to have a little Rays in the evening but a lot of um friends that i know stop at eight and then go all the way through to 12 so and... i can have lunch and things and yeah yeah got you yeah yeah, yeah. so right. it, it really depends and generally the idea is that you when you're fasting you do not you don't eat anything you do not consume anything that has any sort of calorific value so all you have is plain water or black coffee or black tea and that's you know really good for you fantastic well i mean hey you look fantastic 
if I may say so. So there you go. And I think we alluded to it on an episode of The Rest is PR as well that may have been released already, which is that, you know, you've been getting compliments as well in uh, in your journeys to and from uh, certain events in your capacity as a, a, you know, the owner, CEO. From of the a Mose. guest who will be on this show. From soon. a guest who's going to be arriving on the show. Asad, brilliant. We cannot wait to have you on the podcast. Really, really great. But you look fantastic. This month, we are going to, this month, this week, we will be talking about what has just been and gone when it comes to this month. Because this week, listeners, and the rest is alcohol, we're talking about hospitality. And we're talking about not specifically, or rather not too broadly, in fact, hospitality and hospitality industry. We're talking about the fact that certain professionals and experts when it comes to the hospitality industry the hospitality sector have turned around and gone oh you know we're not really hitting the numbers we're not hitting the targets that we feel like we should have done it's been a bit of a barren month for the hospitality industry and blame is the wrong word but looking at the fact that maybe certain people aren't drinking in january as a key reason as to why they're not hitting those targets hitting those metrics that they want to and we're Again, we, we don't want to be preachy and we're going to try and be as neutral as we can on this podcast, but we're going to try and semi-debunk the fact that that has to be a thing. Jackie, I mean, I know you have some very sort of, you know, important views on this. very strong views. Yeah, I mean, it. if you tell us about them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reason we decided to talk about it today was I heard an interview with a chap called, I think his name is David Wood, from Wood's Restaurant. And I know, I know restaurateurs, I know chefs, I know the hospitality industry had a stake driven through its heart, stake, oops, a stake driven through its heart uh, during COVID, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it happens, it happens. This is live digital theatre. Okay, it happens, right, okay. You know, and sorry. and, and sometimes I'll decide to edit things out and sometimes maybe I won't. So you can wait and see, Jackie. To decide what I do with that. Sorry, I've got a little bit of the giggles here. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was drawn to its knees by COVID and everybody staying home and, and not, not going out. And it's finding it very difficult to cope with the VAT situation. The, the, the VAT is a, a, a tax that is levied upon restaurants in the UK, but it's not levied on other restaurants. Like in Portugal, it's 7%. I think in France, it's less and in the UK it's 20% so it's a big tax the government have done as much as they say they can to help out the industry they've given them other other breaks rates breaks and things like that other tax breaks and always you know those those months after Christmas will always be a bit of a difficult time for hospitality it is a seasonal trade because genuinely people have got out a lot more over the Christmas period than they would do normally. They're probably watching their pennies and they're not going to pubs and clubs and restaurants as, as much as they did in the month before. So I heard this interview on the radio this morning of this guy saying, yeah, and dry January ain't helping one bit because people aren't going out because they're not drinking. And... I just I started to fizzle a little bit about that because I thought to myself, well, there's there's pros and cons to that statement. One is that it seems that more people are doing dry January and it's becoming quite the thing. And as we've observed before on previous podcasts, the youth of today and the the, the people in their sort of early 20s aren't that bothered by alcohol. You know, it isn't as much of a thing as it used to be to people, certainly in my generation. So, you know, there are other positives to that. Yeah, people aren't going out to get sloshed. That's pretty good. But what I thought to myself was, 
and and I think this every time I go away on holiday, and I think this about this every time I go out to a restaurant. Get with the program. You have people who are there who want to spend their money, who want to be entertained. And if you aren't put this particular restaurateur said he has great mocktails and things like that. I don't I didn't look at his mocktail list. But if you are seeing that sort of a downturn because people aren't drinking, think about more things that are going to bring them back and enjoying your restaurant. I challenge most restaurants to have anything other than, well, we can make you a dry version of a mojito, which is really lame because all it is is sugar water at the end of the day. And so most people who don't drink will look at a mocktail list and think, oh, no, this is... Dullsville, Arizona, you know, it's a spicy tomato juice or a flavoured um, lemonade. And that yeah. is about as far as you get with most mocktails. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, some people don't drink because they don't want all that sugar. Some people don't drink because, you know, they they can't. Yeah. Um, and they need, you know, they need that environment of, and there are so many great cocktails. There are so many great non-alcoholic wines there are so many great non-alcoholic beers can we please can you please start to stop these things we know they don't have too much of a sell-by date you know not like their stock that you know that you're going to have to end up chucking because nobody's drinking them in fact i'm sure over january you'll find a lot of people have have and I've seen it myself, have run out of the low alcohol beer, yeah. have run out of the naught percent stuff. So, you know, my shout out is please, please, please get a little bit more thoughtful about people who want to not drink and yeah. enjoy themselves. Because I went out this January. I've been out loads of times this January. And the place that I like to go and is a big shout out to the Prince of Greenwich. It's a fantastic pub in Greenwich, and they make the best Aperol spritz, non-alcoholic Aperol spritz that I have ever tasted. Now, I know how to make this because I've seen them do it, and I know I can make it at home. Do I choose to make it at home and spend £3.50 on it? No, I don't. I want to go out and socialise. I want to go out and drink, and I want to go out and enjoy my drink. Mm. And so I will spend 30, 40 quid on their Aperol spritzes, knowing that I'm spending, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun. And that's what people want to do. So, you know, I've really, it just, sorry, I, I'm, I'm having a little rant. No, I love I really it. And I think it's important. Don't come on and moan about dry January being a reason for your takings going down. Get inventive. Get to be a place where people want to come to not drink. And you need to catch up, I think. I think the hospitality industry does need to catch up just a little bit, if I may, because... The idea that, I mean, we, we've got some people coming on the podcast, Tim and David from the Drinks Edit. They're coming on. They're very, very busy chaps, but they, they the Drinks Edit is fantastic, fantastic company when it comes to sort of non-alcoholic spirits, non-alcoholic wines, non-alcoholic beers. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. And I subscribe to a company called Beer 52, uh, where I get a crate of beer every three months. Uh, what it used to be every month and you know I'm, I'm thinking about bringing it down to every six months because obviously I'm, I'm sort of changing my my whole take on this i have changed my whole take on, on alcohol but they started offering a non-alcoholic crate as well and i've got a couple of non-alcoholic beers per case if, if that's something you're interested in as well it's there's so much of it out there and i think we're still living in the past a bit if 
hospitality experts and, and leaders of industry, if you like, in that sector are turning around and going, oh, you know, our, our numbers are down, our numbers are down. They don't have to be, you know, scientifically, unless you are a particular way inclined, you're more likely to drink more of something that's non-alcoholic because of purely the makeup of it. You know, like I, I can drink a lemonade quicker than I can drink a pint of beer. Now, you know, there will be some legends out there who can drink beers very, very quickly. But by and large, if you want to socialize, it will take you longer to drink something high in alcoholic volume. The difference might be fairly minimal. So you, you can actually almost sell more. If we're going down the sort of specifics, you can sell more non-alcoholic liquid to consumers. And yet they choose to sort of turn around and go, oh, you know, numbers down this, that and the other, because they're, I, I think personally, they're, they're continuing to look at the wrong metrics that hospitality sector particularly when it comes to alcohol is or drinking that's let's, let's say drinking in its entirety because it doesn't just have to be to do with alcohol the focus has been and will continue to be unless there is a seismic change on the alcohol sales and on the alcohol consumption and you're absolutely spot on the sooner people stock not just the drinks edit there are other brands out there you know lucky saint are a fantastic non-alcoholic beer brewery you know, and I've got a friend of mine who, who works for them. There are also lots of, you know, mainstream brewers who are doing non-alcoholic versions of their beer. Like you say, non-alcoholic wines, like, like you drink. You know, the sooner you stock those, not only are you helping these businesses, you know, grow, because obviously if they can get themselves into, you know, Young's pubs, Fuller's pubs, you know, other, other brands of pubs and get themselves in there, you're going to help these out. They're going to grow. There's going to be more opportunity for them to sort of do their thing and distribute their products far and wide. But also if you start looking at the metrics they're in, then you're also, I mean, the language that's being used doesn't help people who have problems with, with alcohol. I, I don't think, and I, I, we don't want this podcast to be preachy, but this continual, however indirect pressure on the populace Ooh. to, you know, we, we need to keep moving forward when it comes to sort of, you know, the, you know, growing the economy and things like that. So, you know, go out there. I mean, we could talk to the blue in the face about eat out to help out and, you know, the relative merits or lack of merits of that ridiculousness and the fact that people have had to go in front of commissions who, you know, quite rightly will be called to account for it. There's a pressure on the population to feed the economy, you know, quite literally feed the economy to go out and sort of consume high levels and of not just alcohol, but, but all sorts of things. And I'm not saying for a second that, that is necessarily a factor that people take into account in their entirety, but there will be some people who will go, well, hang on a minute, is this guy saying that, you know, me doing dry January is is a bad thing for that particular economy? It's extraordinary, isn't it? Really, the hospitality industry, by doing dry January, by doing something that is actually quite healthy, and will keep you alive to spend more money in the hospitality industry in the long term. And I would just, I would just love it if just a few of them got with the program, not just for dry January, but just for the whole rest of the year. I mean, like, you know, going, going on holiday and going to these beach bars places, you know, it's just like, there is nothing there. No. Absolutely nothing there. In fact, when I was in um I was in Valencia um on a really short break and I was so excited that they had this like one little shack that was selling sangria and on the on the on the beach at, at Valencia selling, you know, alcoholic drinks. And I sort of went up there to get something for James and something for Arlo and I just thought, you don't have any non-alcoholic beer, do you? And they were like, Yeah, here you go. And I got got out the, you know, the Peroni Zero, and I was just like, Oh my god, that's it's great. great! It's really um, great. 
and it you know you just honestly you dance a little dance when you're you're <laughs> when you're yep. presented with some really good options and that's why you know I will keep going to places that I know I can get a really decent drink that I enjoy and it takes me back so for example I talked about Amazonico the restaurant in central London really expensive restaurant very nice for a big treat um, but they do these really good non-alcoholic Eddie Gronies. And that's kind of how I came to the guys at the Drinks Edit, because I wanted to see where Eddie, who supplied Eddie, uh, which is this uh, CBD spirit, mm. and uh, that's what led me to them. And then I saw all the other stuff that they had, this Mother Root ginger stuff and all this. There is so much stuff out there for people to make decent drinks. And this is another thing. Non-alcoholic drinks. I mean, doesn't that sound really boring? Mm. Not anything non-alcoholic. It sounds really pathetic. Yeah. I want to start a new descriptive language when yeah. it comes to drinks that don't contain alcohol. We What's interesting, to... isn't it, is, is we don't, I mean, hopefully we are, you know, at the cornerstone now as we embark on a bit of a sea change when it comes to how we can order things like that. Because, for example, I, I don't go up to a bar now and say, I would like a beer, please, or I would like a lager, please, or I would like an ale, please. Like, some people might, and fair play to you. But I might go up and say, oh, I'll have a Peroni, or I'll have an Australia. And increasingly, you know, people aren't, because of the way things are changing, people aren't going, oh, I'll have a gin and tonic. They're going, oh, I'll have a Bombay Sapphire and tonic. Or I'll have a Hendrix and tonic because they have a they have a choice, right? They have they they have a preference. So hopefully we're on the cusp of going. I'll have a and then there's a brand name, you know, like you know I'll I'll have a thing, and so you don't have to say I can have a non-alcoholic beer, or can I have a non-alcoholic gin and tonic, or can I have a non-alcoholic this. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we're on the cusp of saying you know I'll have a drink even, and tonic. You know, but even if you think about it, the language around the zero drinks. Mm. zero from zero to hero mm. it's all very negative mm. it's all very like you're lacking in something yeah 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 you you're right. and also i mean i've got kind of a particular experience which i'm very happy to share which is that when i kind of had my had my moment had my i, I call it an episode had my kind of bit of a breakdown if you like when it came to my sort of my situation around alcohol middle of last year and i decided to take my month off which turned into six weeks and i'm, I'm very happy it did there are a couple of things that I had lined up. I mean, I I kind of did a bit of a 50-50 insofar as if someone would invite me out, I would kind of have a bit of a word with myself. That was less to do with the kind of what I would do if I went out and more to do with what I was going through at the time. But anything I had planned, I I still did. You know, I I, I, I wasn't going to back away from things just because of what happened. And so I went out with a friend of mine, but that's my friend Gus, um, who, who are, you know, a great friend of mine and, and um, always love going for a drink with him. And whenever I go out with my friend Gus, as my wife would tell you, um, there have been one or two instances before I had my little kind of change in perspective where I'd go out with him and we'd maybe meet up at around, you know, five, six o'clock in the evening. And then we'd stay until like the pub closed. It was like in the midweek evening. So we'd, we'd be there for a good four or five hours just chatting the breeze and, you know, talking about, you know, sort of football films, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, quite often then that four or five hour period, I would maybe consume possibly six, seven pints. So I'm coming home and, you know, I'm I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit wobbly and what have you. And there, there, there was the odd moment where I didn't necessarily cover myself in glory, not in, in to the extent that I did, you know, when this episode happened, but you know, what, what happens happens. And I went for a drink with him 
in that six week period that I wasn't drinking. I, I kind of switched off to kind of recalibrate myself and went to a pub in Richmond and he was drinking pints as, as he normally does. And I was like, I'm going to have some non-alcoholic beers. And I had a couple of lemonades and what have you as well. But I was like, I'll have some non-alcoholic beers. It was bottles of beer, bottles of Lucky Saint. Really lovely. Great tasting thing. Great tasting non-alcoholic beer. Fantastic. But it, but at the end of the day, it was bottles. So I was having to buy two bottles for every pint he was having because to make it look, and I asked for a pint glass to make it, you know, I wanted to drink a pint, a pint of beer, have a pint of beer. Do you know what I mean? And um, so that was costing me two bottles worth of money which was on average three or four pounds more than his pints were. And this is yeah. in Richmond, so it's quite an expensive pub. Uh, and there were only eight in the fridge. So it's it's two to a pint glass. So we're four hours into our lovely chat where he's having a few pints and what have you. And three of, about, in fact, about three hours in, they'd run out. Yeah. And 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 that was just on me, J- just on me, just one person there. There were maybe 50, 60 people in the pub. It was a Thursday night, maybe more than that, in fact. And, and just on me, they'd run out. And they could go down and stuff, but then there was, you know... The, not their fault, staff by the bar. There's a rolling of the eyes. So I do a little bit of a dance. You talk about a little bit of a dance, at, you know, when you were in Valencia. I do a little bit of a dance because I'm thankfully now seeing it on draft. Lucky Saint do have a yeah. draft thing. And so you can walk in and go, I'll have a, can I have a pint of Lucky Saint, please? And nothing to do with that transaction then is out of the ordinary to someone who used to drink or, or tends to drink. It's, I'll have a pint of Lucky Saint, please. There it is, draft pump in a pint glass. You paid a similar amount of money for it, which is another conversation for another day, whatever. But, you know, considering that there's, you know, you're paying tax on alcohol, but you're is not necessarily paying tax. Because I think it's a conversation for today. Because if mm. the hospitality industry are telling us mm. that by not drinking, we are ruining their lives, mm. but they, they still, well, I'm happy for them to still charge the same mm. yeah. for for my drink that I would pay, then I would pay for an alcoholic drink. I mean, it may well be that those things do cost the same amount to process because, you know, you're, you're brewing things the same way. You might even, your processing costs might even be a little bit more because mm. you're then extracting alcohol after the event. It'd be interesting to get somebody on from a brewery just to talk about how yeah. how that process works. But in any case, I I still think that I would spend just the same amount of money as my husband spends if he was having a pint. I would have a pint of Lucky Saint too, you know, and it wouldn't be a difference in cost and fair enough. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and and I think there is something in it. I mean, we spoke to Bryony and Ben about this. There's something I mean, Bryony in particular, I think, said something really interesting, which was that you know she found a way around it whereby she would, you know, oh, I'm I'm going to start off with lemonade. Like she went into specifics about how she might go out and talk to people while she's on Jan- dry January. And then she'll say, oh, just just get me a, you know, and then she'd keep the glass and she'd be like, oh, just get me a ginger ale. So it kind of looks like she's drinking like something in ginger ale or whatever. But like, again, that shouldn't need to be, in my opinion, and maybe I'm, again, sort of, you know, eternally the optimist and glass half full kind of guy, no pun intended. It shouldn't have to be like that. And, and so I, I really love it when I go to a pub, if I don't fancy having a beer, which increasingly I don't, and I go to a pub and I go, oh, I have a pint of Lucky Saint, please. And it's just like, there it is in the glass. And you know, it takes the same amount of time to drink by and large. You know, you're, you're socializing. Everyone looks like they're having a beer. It's just great. It's really good. And it kind of, you know, I think a lot of people do find, and I think you're right, actually, you're really right in what you say in, insofar as it's an important conversation to have right now in this episode. A lot of people find the stopping of drinking and the moving away from drinking. We're not going to say quit because that's not something that, you know, we, we're going to, that's not a word we're going to use, but, you know, taking themselves away from drinking, stopping drinking you know, moving into a kind of more sober lifestyle, they find the socializing the hardest. They do find it the hardest. I mean, and it's different, you know, if you're dependent and if you're an alcoholic, 
then that might be a little bit different because obviously you're doing it maybe in your own home and things like that. So there's, there's another conversation to be had there, but if you're, you know, sober curious as Ben was, and you have a conversation with a professional who says, yeah, maybe you might benefit from taking it down a touch or even abstaining for a little while, then missing out on that socializing element is the thing that people are, are most anxious and trepidatious about. And the more the hospitality industry can do to make that transition for people who are going through that experience a lot easier and a lot more seamless. And what's the most frustrating thing, I'm sorry, I'm running now, but the, the most frustrating thing is, is that the tools are all there. And it doesn't cost that much to install these things. Like if a brand new beer that was taking the world by storm, like there's a there's a beer that a friend and I you know quite enjoy. And you know, again, this is evidence of the fact that this isn't a preachy podcast. I still drink beer every now and again. Uh, and that Jubal is this kind of beer brand, and they do kind of flavored beers. My friends will laugh at this because I used to be a kind of a, a a fruit cider and fruit beer connoisseur, and had nicknames and all the rest of it, what have you. So if you're listening. That's an allusion to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a the peach jubal. This peach beer is taking the world by storm and taking the UK by storm, if you like. And, you know, you'll have pubs busting a gut to install a draft of that because it will fly off. It will fly off the bar because this is great. Or this is a money earner. They should be busting those same guts to install the tools necessary to make this non-alcoholic transition as seamless as possible because, you know, you get the best of both worlds then people within the hospitality industry you'll be doing the right thing in my opinion in our opinion but you'll also i mean it will make you money like you know this is the thing you're complaining about something you haven't even tried to properly address you're just kind of stuck in this oh it's it's always going to be bad in january because people are doing dry january well no it doesn't have to be does it you know this is this is not going away this is a phenomenon that is growing and, gr and growing quite rightly very quickly and so i think you're absolutely spot on that you know they, they need to do more they need to do more they need to offer more for sure. And I think, you know, it'd be good for us to get, I mean, one of my friends, Mark, is a pub landlord. He's actually up the road in the Blackheath Standard, the Royal Standard Pub. And he quit alcohol around the same time as me, actually. And he's a landlord in a pub. Brilliant. Oh, he'd even, be great to have on. Yeah. But even he will say to me, we really should get some more wines in. And he understands it. And to this day, has not yet done it. So it's got to be a reason why. It's got to be some sort of processing reason why or some, you know, some reason that, or some, I don't know, their systems don't cope or it's not on the SKUs that the brewery have from central head office. Mm. You know, there, there, there have to be some reasons why this isn't easy for a pub to do. I understand about beers going off. I get that. So, you know, you're not going to order a hundred barrels of Lucky Sane because, sure. you know, 90% of your your pub still drinks the draft um, alcoholic beers. And sometimes it's a bit of a risk as to what you buy in and what you don't. And so it'd be really interesting to know why it, there, are, it, there isn't the choice because they've got enough space behind the bar. That's it. Well, I think as we bring this episode to a close, listeners, and thank you so much for joining us once again, I think our mission, Jackie, that if we choose to accept it, which we most certainly do, is to obviously get the fantastic Mark on the podcast as well as Asa, yeah. but also, you know, I'm going to sort of uh, reach out to, uh, to, I mean, and if you are a listener, if you're listening right now and you yourself work for Lucky Saint or any other non-alcoholic sort of beer provider, non-alcoholic product provider, we're obviously going to get the brilliant Tim and David on from the drinks edit. You know, if you work in the hospitality sector, you know, in sort of the, the higher echelons of it and and you have your own views on what has been said and and, and how it's been very slow, we'd absolutely love to talk to you about it and, and really, you know, take it out on the open road because we, we, we're really interested ourselves 
in how perceptions are changing and and what's being done to make these transitions for for people who are sober curious a lot easier for them to deal with but you know if you'd like to you can do so by getting in touch with us there you go what a, what a smooth link that was i'm getting better at this you can get in touch with us if you are all of the above that i've just mentioned by emailing us info at the rest is alcohol.com that does indeed work we would love to hear from you. you can also email us info at demozo.com we'll also pick up on that email address as well head over to the rest is alcohol.com for all things this podcast there's going to be some resources that are going up there in the not too distant future not just resources that guests have recommended who've been on the podcast, Brian and Ben so far and guests moving forward, but also resources we think are really valuable to have a look at, have a read up on, to get yourself educated on, on every side of the coin, uh, each side of the coin rather. And you can get in touch with this Jackie or myself, Jackie Wars, Lyle Fulton, just message us on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in coming on the podcast, you have your own story you'd like us to tell, or you have a topic you'd like us to discuss. We'd really, really love to hear from you. And as ever as well, this is a spinoff of our already very successful, we'd like to think, and pre-existing podcast, The Rest is PR. Do check out our other podcast. We would love to see you there. Jackie, thank you so much for being with me once again. I, th- I really love that one. I thought it was great. And I'd be really interested to hear, I don't know about well, you, from, from people who work in that sector. Definitely. It's been a good, good chat. Brilliant stuff. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us on the latest episode of The Rest is Alcohol. From Jackie and myself, take care of yourselves. It's bye for now. Mm-hmm.